As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Supernaturally Paid podcast where all faith-based entrepreneurs come to get everything that they need about how to thrive in business, how to not worry about money, and how to trust God more than they trust their bank account. I am your host, Raven Hoquette. Let's get into the episode. Welcome, 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 y'all. We are back with another edition of the Guy Pays Me series. And when I tell y'all I'm so excited about today's special guest, I'm going to let her come on here so that I can add her. But I know that she has a powerful word for you guys. I know that she has a powerful testimony to share with you guys. And I'm really excited, y'all. You know, her story is so powerful. And I just want you guys to really be blessed when you hear what God has done in her life, what he is doing in her life, what he's going to do in her life, because it's so good. Let me back up a little bit. It's so good. And what I really want to do today is I want to be an inspiration to somebody that you're struggling with investing in yourself. You're struggling with believing that your business is worth it. You're struggling with believing that your idea is worth it, believing that you are worth it. So we're going to talk about supernatural investing today. Y'all see Jess here. So I wanted to talk about this topic with you because I'm like, when you invested in yourself and signed up for my program, it was a very supernatural thing. I remember you were like, I don't know about that. Like, uh, how much is it again? What's the investment again? And I know I've been like that numerous times when it comes time for me to like invest, you know, into something for my business. Y'all know that I recently have became a fashionpreneur, as just said. And so coming from like the service-based side of business, it's very different because in a fashion industry, you kind of have to like bet on yourself Mm -hmm. before anybody else like ever purchases something. So when I launched my first collection, I was like excited about it. But at the same time, I was like a little bit nervous because I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, you know, what's the MOQ again? (laughs) Like what's going on? And so I remember I found a manufacturer after like doing a whole bunch of sourcing. I mean, you know what the process is like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but after doing a whole bunch of sourcing, I found a manufacturer 
And the MOQ was like pretty good, but it still was not as low as I like wanted Mm -hmm. it to be. So I was like, oh, you know, okay. Like I'm really going to, you know, just have to like kind of like bite the bullet and do this. And so when I ordered that collection and purchased that inventory, it was literally prior to me getting a sale. It was prior, you know, to Andy being what Andy is now. It was prior to all of these things happening. And so I had to really say, God, you know, I got to just trust that you're covering Mm -hmm. me, you know, that you got my back, that you're going to bring the people. And so moving forward to probably about, I want to say two to three months after we had gotten started, somebody posted us actually on Facebook. And, you know, here I go thinking like, oh, nobody's really on Facebook Mm -hmm. like that. You know, it's not a big thing. Y'all, somebody posted us on Facebook and it went completely viral. When I tell y'all, it was like shared so many times. It was so many comments. Like my website almost tried to crash because everybody was going on the website at one time. And so here's the thing. This happened like two to three months after I had started. I literally only had like four bags left. Here it comes, all these people. I think when it happened, I was like sleep. So I didn't, I had woke up and was like, oh my goodness. My phone is like ding, ding, ding. Like I'm getting all these alerts from people that are signing up for our mailing list. All these alerts from people that are submitting back in stock requests. And, you know, just all kinds of things that people are like, hello, you know, I'm wanting to get my auntie bag. Like what's going on? And so what ended up happening was that I was not ready for the influx of people that were ready to buy from me. But had I believed in myself a little mm-hmm. bit more and said, you know, let me just trust that God is going to bring these people. Let me trust that God is not going to have me start this business, start this collection, mm-hmm. and nobody is basically going to want my stuff. Mm-hmm. I would have been prepared for that influx of people that came. So I really want us to touch on that. But before we get there, I have to introduce y'all to Jess. I know a lot of you guys know of her, you know of her brands. If you're not familiar, she's the founder of Irregular Exposure. I've had the pleasure of literally patronizing Irregular Exposure since y'all were like doing custom stuff. Like In my I mama's mean, basement. This, yes. I'm like, this was like, I don't know, like 12, 14. Like this was a very long time ago. And Jess is young. So she's been at this like since a very young age. Mm -hmm. So just to see everything now and to see what irregular exposure has just transpired into with other brands. She has the fashionpreneur brand. They literally put on like the biggest tour and the biggest retreat Mm -hmm. in the fashion industry for people that want to be entrepreneurs in the fashion space. She has the fashionpreneur bag. Like I'm just so proud of like everything. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy because It's weird because it's like, I've been like in on it, but at the same time watching it, it's like, wait, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, imagine being a part of something behind the scenes, but then you see it come to fruition. Like, it's just a a different thing when you see everybody else see it and you see how everybody else is like reacting to it and, Mm -hmm. you know, just like being excited about it. So y'all, please, please, please help me welcome Jess with the fire emojis. Okay. In the (laughs) comment box, because. I know that she's going to bring the fire with her testimony. I know that she's going to just bring the fire with just sharing like the goodness of what God has done, you know, in in her life, in her business. And let me tell y'all, like y'all about to hear like the Baltimore accents very thick. Okay. Because we are both from Baltimore. So, you know, y'all be in the little comments. Laughing at how I say two and you laughing at how I say you. Bro. Okay, like you're gonna get it double time in these comments in this chat today. Okay. 
So Jess, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here, my sister. Can you just talk to them a little bit about what it was like? I mean, because you obviously made a ton of different investments since then. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's how you continue to grow and all of those things. But let's go back to that first big investment. Like, what was that like? Where were you at mentally? Like, what was going on? I tell people, I can't even start my story without this important piece. So first off, y'all, we're sitting here with the GOAT. So Ray is my sister, <laughs> but Ray was my first mentor and business coach on entrepreneurship. So we wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Fire Your Boss. <laughs> yes, you took it back with the name. <laughs> Fire Your Boss Academy. So I was, oh my I goodness. Was, where was I at? I forgot where I was at. I was telling someone my story. Oh, I was at a networking event last week. Oh my And goodness. I was telling somebody my story and they were like, you know, how did you get started? And like, how did you really scale? How did you know it was time to invest? And I was like, well, you know, mm. I had a mentor and mentor turned sister by the name of Raven. And I was 24 years old. I was working in property management in Baltimore. That was my nine to five. Yep. I had been developing my label since I was 14. So I was a part of like youth entrepreneurship programs. My mom had me in sewing classes. Like when I told my mom and my family I wanted to be a designer, they were sold out for the vision and they supported it in every way. But I had went to college for fashion design, graduated, came back home and got comfortable. And I remember being 24 years old. And this was before this fad of business coaches and all these things were around yep. and buy my ebook. And I remember Raven had this free ebook. And it was like the five reasons you aren't an entrepreneur yet. And I read that thing back to back to back. And I was like <laughs> blown away. And all Raven kept discussing was her faith and her relationship with God. And I had grown up going to church, but we fell off. It wasn't a requirement. I didn't understand the importance right. of tithing. My relationship with God was very immature. So I'm like, she is just giving so much glory. And this woman, at this point, you were probably like 27 making six figures. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I need it. I need it. <laughs> so I remember investing in like that first strategy session with you. Mm -hmm. That one, it was it was an investment, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. I remember being like, okay, let me invest in this call. Mm -hmm. And then I remember on that session, you told me I was like, you know, I'm trying to get my fashion brand to the next level, regular exposure. And you had already been a customer of a regular exposure. Mm -hmm. But I remember when you told me, you was like, why aren't you helping people do what you do? And I'm like, what? You was like, you need to have an academy, a curriculum. I was like, what do you, I was like, God, what is, I don't know what this lady's talking about. Let me pray. <laughs> and for the first like, time. Like, I ain't teaching nobody. <laughs> I was like, I'm not teaching nobody. I don't know what you're talking about. And for the first time in, honestly, I can't remember the last time I had prayed as, as an adult. Mm -hmm. I had got in my face for the first time for, in a very long time. And people that know my story know, I always tell them, I remember you told me that and then you told me, you know, this is what it's going to be as an investment to work with me for 12 months. And it had a comma in it. <laughs> and I was like, I am a 24-year-old starving artist. I don't have no money. So I remember that's when I prayed. And I was like, okay, let me talk to God. Raven keeps mm -hmm. asking me if I prayed over it, have I fasted over it. And you weren't pushing me to make any decision. You just kept saying, well, pray and fast on it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. let me go to God on it. I prayed that night. I had a dream that night that my father passed away in 2011. He had a heart attack and just passed away out the blue. And I had a dream. He passed away at Union Memorial. If Baltimore people, you know what I said. Right. In the dream, I'm working in property management in one of the row homes right across from Union Memorial mm. on like 33rd Street. And I'm doing property management. And in reality, 
my supervisor is like one of my best friends. We became so close for working together. And he used to like secretly let me off work so I could go to New York and look for manufacturers. <laughs> he used to tell me I'll switch hours with you on weekends so I could do fashion shows. And in my dream, I'm telling him I have a grand opening next door. I have to go. Mm. And he was like, you can't get off today. You got to wait until five o'clock today. I can't help you out. You here, mm. you got to work while you're here. And the whole Baltimore is lining up to go to this grand opening next door. So by the time I get off, I rush over there. Everybody's leaving. And I'm like, no, y'all are leaving. It's my grand opening to a regular exposure, like a storefront. And I'm sitting in a chair by myself inside of the space, my new store or showroom, whatever it was. And I remember everybody was gone. I just sat there with my head down. I sat in a chair. My father tapped me on my shoulder and was like, if you sell your life out to God, you will never be the same. I walked off. Mm. So that was the dream. The next day I signed on a dot. Oh, the next day I went back to work and I was still nervous. I didn't know how to hear God's voice. He was making it clear as day to me. Mm. And my supervisor that I was talking about, his name is James. I told him about the program. I was like, it's got a comma in it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to figure it out on my own. And I, I was one of those. I'm going to figure it out on my own. He said, okay, well, look where figuring it out when your own has gotten you. You're still here with me at this leasing desk. And he said, recite the Lord's prayer. And I was like, what? Mm. He said, recite the Lord's prayer. He, he was sold out for God. And I'm like, I don't know. He said, well, that's why you're here with me. So you want to sign this, the documents or not? So he snatched my phone. So I didn't sign. He snatched wow. my phone and, and opened it up. <laughs> and was like, you're in the program. Oh, my goodness. So that was the investment. It was all God. And that's when I, that was the first time I had really witnessed the power of God. So I remember being sold out for the program, being sold out for the vision, being sold out for God. And within four months, I was out of my nine to five. My first mm -hmm. 24 hours as an entrepreneur, I made $12,000 as a full-time fashion designer. Mm. I was working on developing the Fashionpreneur Academy, which took off. Yes. And yeah, so my first investment was into education, not even necessarily like the growth of my business. It wasn't a quick flip. And I didn't know what the result was going to be. I just invested mm -hmm. in my education and make sure I was being educated by the right person. And I knew I was in great hands. So that was that first investment. It was a chunky investment and it was worth every penny. I got it back tenfold, tenfold, tenfold. Y'all, like, I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into this because for me, like, when God told me to start business coaching, first of all, I did not want to do it. And that's just like a whole like another conversation. But I felt like I was having so much fun mm -hmm. in my prior business. It was so like glamorous and mm -hmm. it was just the thing that I had went to school for. It was the thing that everybody wanted to do. So I'm like, mm -hmm. God, I no coaching people. No. And I, I felt <laughs> like also a sense of like insecurity as well, like with coaching people when he told me to start, because I was like, well, I'm still not like very, you know, much into this thing. Like when he told me to start helping people leave their job, I think I had only been self-employed for like a year. And honestly, mm -hmm. I didn't have a whole lot to show for it financially. But people kept contacting me and saying, how did you leave your job? How did you do this? How did you stay self-employed? How did you get motivated to let this go? And I remember when I walked out of my nine to five, it was literally August the 23rd, 2011. So I'll be celebrating 11 years come August. And I remember yeah. something happened like, you know, like you say, you, you grow up in church, but then you kind of fall off, you know, mm -hmm. type thing. So I would be like talking to God, but it was still kind of like, mm, you know, I'm going to talk to you when I have a little second. Like mm -hmm. I was treating God like he was just somebody that just, you know, I could just kind of talk to, pick up and put down basically. Mm -hmm. Like I could negotiate with him, like I could control with him. Like this is what I was doing. And so I remember saying, God, I can't do this no more at this mm -hmm. job. I'm like, I know that you have something bigger for me. I know that 
this is not my end all be all. Like, you know, going to school, that's what they teach you. Go to college, you know, get a job. But I'm like, I felt like I had been deceived. I felt like I had been lied to. And I felt like my greatness was really being wasted being in this nine to five. So I remember literally going into my boss's office and saying, please lay me off. And they were like, excuse me, like late, like nobody comes in here Uh and basically is like asking for a layoff. Like, what are you talking about? And so that was the beginning of me going hard with my prayer life because I said, God, this was like January of like 2011. I said, by this time next year, I cannot be here. I said, December the 31st, 2011, that has to be it for me. I can't stay here. I can't come in here with these people. Like it's just, it's really taking a toll on me mentally. And so fast forward to August, God told me it's time to go. And that's the thing about God. Don't say that you're going to follow him. But when he tells you to pack your bags, you are not ready to go. When God tells you that it's time to go, you better be ready. Like that flight is getting ready to take off in five minutes. When he tells you to go, you can't be out here calling your best friends to see how they feel. Mm -hmm. You can't be out here asking your mother how she feels about it. You can't be talking to your little mastermind circle. When God says to go, if you say that you are really a follower, because that's the thing. So many people have said, I'm a Christian, but y'all aren't really believers. Y'all don't really believe what it says in Deuteronomy about God giving us the power to create wealth. Y'all don't really believe what God told us in the book of Philippians that he would literally supply all of our need because if half of us believe that most of the people that are at a job would not be at a nine to five if you believe that you wouldn't be in your business getting these little teeny 25 you know per piece moqs Mm -hmm. you would really believe that god is going to bring the people so when he told me to leave i ran up out of there like it was literally smoke that was coming from behind me i'm like oh i gotta go because if i'm trusting god to be my provider I have to listen when he says go, because obviously he knows what it is that I need on the other side of me walking out of these doors. So when I walked out, it was like, I felt like I had lost like 30 pounds. Like I can't even Mm -hmm. explain it. Like it was a lightness. It was just like, like it was such a big pressure that was lifted off of me when I walked out of there. And when I looked at my bank account, it wasn't about what was in my bank account. It wasn't about how many people I knew. It wasn't about opportunities that I was going to come into. It was just about feeling a security in, I know that God has me and that's it. I might not know how he has me, but I know that God has me. This episode is brought to you by the God Pays Me Masterclass. Y'all, this masterclass is everything that faith-based entrepreneurs need that have been struggling with worrying about money and overcoming the spirit of poverty. All you have to do is go to the show notes and hit that link and download it and it will be sent to you instantly. I remember walking out of there and I'm like, okay, where am I going to go? You know, what am I doing? So I was like, you know what? I'm hungry. Like I'm getting ready to go to Chick-fil-A and I work like, and not really down, kind of like Mount Vernon, like area. So you know where that is. Like almost like for y'all that are not from Baltimore, I would say that's not downtown, but it would be considered like a midtown like type of neighborhood. I leave out of there. I drove all the way to the Chick-fil-A that was like Kern Parkway. Like, <laughs> girl, why am I all the way up? But I'm That's the best driving one. like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm just in the car, like just not even saying anything, just listening to God and trying not to let these thoughts overtake me because the thoughts in my mind are trying to tell me, what did you just do? What is, you need to call them back. You need to go in there and say, hey, you know, I'll take another position or I'll be part-time. Like, 
this is what my mind is literally trying to tell me at the time, right? So y'all, I go into Chick-fil-A or not go in, I go in the drive-thru. So by this time now I'm on the phone. So I'm on the phone and all of a sudden my call had dropped. So I'm sitting in the car. The entire car is shaking. I'm looking outside. I can see the outside shaking. The Chick-fil-A is shaking. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? So come to find out, there was literally an earthquake. If you Google August 23rd, 2011, you will see that there was an earthquake on the entire East Coast. I mean, it was New York, Philly, D.C., Baltimore, North Carolina. It literally went all up and down the East Coast. Now, if you live in L.A. like Jess does, that's something that can be a normal thing. Like Mm -hmm. earthquakes happen on the West Coast. The East Coast, Mm -mm. we don't really do. Now, you know, we might have a snowstorm and get like 50, 60 inches every now and then. But an earthquake, we don't do Mm -hmm. an earthquake type of thing. So I didn't understand the significance of it at that time, right? Y'all are in the comments. Like, I remember that. I mean, it's something that literally was like unforgettable because it was so unprecedented. It was something that wasn't a normal thing. So it happened. It came and went. You know, I ended up forgetting about it. And then years and years and years later, I remember this was a time that I just was like going through a hard season in my business. I was going through a transition I was going through God telling me to put something down and just really trust him. And so God said to me, what happened when you left your job? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I I literally couldn't remember. Like, I'm thinking that he's meaning like I felt lighter. Like I had remembered that, but I'm like, it was nothing else that was really like out of the ordinary that was unorthodox that, you know, basically happened. So he had me Google August the 23rd, 2011. And the first thing that comes up, all these different articles was the earthquake. And I was like, just completely floored because what he was reminding me of in that moment is that he's a God of the unprecedented. He's the God that will literally call you to do something that nobody believes that you're qualified for. He's a God that will literally make a way out of no way. He's a God that will have a earthquake happening when and it doesn't even typically happen in this particular area. So I adapted that to my story and said, when I walked away from my job, I basically lit a fire. God lit mm-hmm. a fire under me to be a change maker, to literally shake the world. And that's what happened when I took all these people with me mm-hmm. out of these nine to fives and on a journey into being self-employed. So it just means so much to me to see people like Jess that, because it's not about becoming self-employed, y'all. It's about mm-hmm. staying self-employed. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. It's about staying self-employed and continuing to grow. So to see people like you, to see people like Tatum, to see people mm-hmm. like Nicole, to see people like Taylor, to see all these people that are just doing really, really well, like it just truly blesses me because I'm like, this is another example of why you got to trust what God tells you to do. He sees what's on the other side of that. I'm sure you see people that have gone through the Fashionpreneur Academy and you're just like, wow, like, yes, wow. Like to have been able to be a part of that success story, to have been able to be a part of their transition from whatever industry into the fashion industry mm-hmm. is something that is amazingly powerful. So I want to talk a little bit, y'all, because this series is called the God Pays Me series. And y'all know that every time you scroll up and down on your timeline, everybody's talking about this recession. Like Mm -hmm. when I get on Instagram, I'm seeing like 10, 15 posts within like an hour talking about how to prepare for the recession, how to do this, 
how to do that. Like everything is like recession, recession, recession. And what saddens me is that I'm seeing the fear that it's even putting in faith-based entrepreneurs. I'm seeing people panic selling. I'm seeing people offering things that they know that they should not be offering because they feel like maybe this is the thing over here, you know, that's going to make some money. Like I'm seeing all of this. So I want to talk to you because this is the thing too. Like people always believe that when it's up, it's stuck. And I'm trying to tell people (laughs) it does not always work like that. Like you can make a million dollars one year, but then the next year you got to invest a million dollars. Like this is the stuff that people don't see. So can you just share some of those moments that you've had in your business, those really pivotal moments, even after success where it's like, wait a minute, God, like I got to kind of get back to the foundation of things and I got to really build my trust muscle back up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, it's been so many times. One time for me, I think I came to you last year. Oh, yeah. And I told you, I said, Ray, I've been juggling operating two very successful companies, Mm -hmm. well over six figures in both companies. And one thing um, about juggling two different businesses, one product, one service, and I can't even say service-based, one educational. I'm sold out for God's vision on both. The Fashionpreneur Academy, God put that on your heart. And literally you supplied it to me. And it has been so amazing to just watch these students grow, scale into entrepreneurs, scale into million dollar companies. I have two students that came to the Fashionpreneur Retreat like two years ago before COVID. And they're both millionaires now. Mm, like, love it. It blows my mind. So I see the vision, but I started to feel very drained trying to operate two different entities. And I felt like my baby, which is a regular exposure, my clothing brand was we weren't putting out consistent new inventory. We weren't putting out new consistent collections. I was so sold out for these students' visions and their purpose that I was also not feeding my own. As a designer, well, you're not sketching. If you're not creating, is equivalent to that musician that's not in the studio. If yep. you're not creating, then you're not putting out product. You're not putting mm-hmm. out anything consistent. And I had to get back to my vision. And I remember I just kept having conversations with God. Like, God, show me where you need me fully dedicated to. And things mm-hmm. started to happen. Last year, I did this amazing fashionpreneur tour and every city was sold out on like the East Coast. Like we went to like three different cities and all three were sold out. Class was amazing. Candace, who I think you're speaking with. I don't know if y'all went live. I just saw on the Supernaturally, Supernatural page. page. Oh yeah, she was my first person. Yep. Candace came to the class in Chicago and she told me, she said, I have a master's in business. I have never been to a class dedicated to business as good as this. And I'm doing it. And then I remember I was like, God, let make it clear to me what I need to be focused on, though, because I don't feel fully happy here. And that's a conversation people don't talk about. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be times in entrepreneurship where you just simply don't feel happy. Everyone else around you is thriving. But I was like, I don't feel fully happy. We're killing it. We have mm-hmm. success story on success story. But I don't feel like my vision is being fully put out into fruition. So things started happening. It started becoming challenging to plan the fashionpreneur retreat because of mm. COVID. COVID went crazy again the end of last year. Yep, right. It started to become challenging for some of the students to do certain parts of their curriculum. It started to become challenging for some of the students to afford certain curriculums they wanted. And I'm like, God, you're doing it with ease. And I remember in January, you rolled out Increase 365. And I remember our first fast that we did together. Somebody mm-hmm. asked you, how did you know it was time to leave behind coaching? How did you know it was time to make a shift? And you were like, everything you were experiencing, everything you shared was exactly what I was going through. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was just like, say less. And God mm. didn't say take it away. He said, take it higher. So mm. Fashionpreneur Academy, we began to scale. I retired one of my top performing curriculums. Mm-hmm. I retired it, shut it down. 
I mean, my accountant was, was like, what are you doing? What's what happening? Are my accountants? <laughs> the other accountant was, it's crazy though. The other account, when we had our first quarter call, she was like, what's up with a regular exposure? Because I need some new stuff. Like it was like the vision was clear with her, but the other one was like, what are we doing here? Right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay with God with this. I'm going to fast a little harder. I'm going to fast deeper. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have my business meeting with God. Like Tatum taught me. Yep. And it was fully clear. He said, shut mm-hmm. it down for a moment. I stopped taking new students. Mm-hmm. I focused on regular exposure. And in church, we've been in this series since April called The Paint. No, the um, rainbow elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. And I go to Faithful Central Baptist in Inglewood, California. I, you know I love your church, girl. I go yes. there every time I'm in L.A. <laughs> so we're on this series and we've been talking about the importance of all of God's children, not turning your back on God's children. It was specifically about people within like the LGBTQIA plus community. And it was mm-hmm. about how God says in his word, like there's, there's no grading on what is considered a sin or wrong. Mm-hmm. And he was just making it sure, making it clear that we are all here together and we need to invite every community into our church mm-hmm. and I remember creating this collection I was already working on a collection called the transitional collection mm-hmm. and I shut down like I said I wasn't taking any students I was just sketching designing 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 and that did the collection I was like you know what God show me how you want the vision to come through so I decided to reach out to somebody that's within the community that I adore that's mm-hmm. a huge influencer we've been following each other on social media for years and I was like, Tokyo, this is my vision, da-da-da. She was sold out for the vision. She came to that photo shoot and ate it up. When I tell wow. y'all come from that, that was a pre-order release. Like we were just talking mm. about, you got to be sold out for your collection. Yep. I invested a lot of thousands into the collection. We have been featured in so many publications. Chloe Kardashian has mm. pieces from the collection. Like the, the, it was just with ease. We didn't have to do nothing. Like mm. I didn't have to fight for my place of freedom and peace and the level of peace and joy I felt after being fully sold out for this new collection, getting fully back into my design bag, being inclusive and, and considering all of God's children and make sure that God got his time. The increase mm-hmm. has been coming. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I feel like that was a decision I had to make. I had to say, okay, well, let me put this on the shelf. And I didn't know mm-hmm. what God wanted me to do next with TFA. I didn't know, you know, I, I always am an educator. We always have had like little small courses still available. Right. The big aha factor, I had to shut it down for a second. So what happened was, I was like, God, release to me the next thing. I just kept hearing him say higher, higher, higher. Every morning, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I've been starting my mornings. Every morning I start with my journal and pray. I don't miss one morning. I got the book with all my receipts. Journal, yes. prayer, Bible. <laughs> and, and I always play my worship music while I'm praying. And there's this one song that continues to play called Yes. And mm-hmm. at the end of the song, she just keeps saying, you know, he's taking you higher. He's taking you higher. And the other day I get to work and my assistant is like, I think I have some concepts for the Fashionpreneur Academy. I had also been having some visions and God had been giving me dreams. I dreamt one time that I was speaking in an auditorium in the middle of me focused on a regular exposure. So I'm getting confused and flustered. Like, God, <laughs> what are you telling me? I had right. a dream I was speaking in an auditorium. I had a dream that I had a college. Like, I, it was my school. Mm. And then I come to work. And it's, it's so crazy how God will use your team and the people around you. If they're sold mm-hmm. out for God's vision, yep. everybody's going to want a course. So she comes in with all these documents talking about how we can get TFA college accredited, how we can get fun, like just taking it higher. So now we're in a season of expanding it into campus, um, yes. like actual campus. We're in a season of mm. making it accredited. So it's just like higher. You plan mm. too small with an e-course. They all yes. got e-course. That's not, it's higher. We're helping mm. more people. And then I was like, God, it's so funny because the one part that I actually love and adore, like I told you, was my tour. I love teaching in person. 
It's mm-hmm. something, the in-person is what I absolutely adore. The education, the results that my students get in person mm-hmm. is like out of this world. So when he says shut down the e-course, it's not that you're shutting down this mm-hmm. whole company or curriculum. I'm taking it higher. So you got to be willing to shut it down, forget the e-course and go into what seems like it's impossible to do. It seems yep. almost impossible to get a fashion, fashion entrepreneurship program accredited. It seems mm-hmm. impossible to get a campus, but the way that God made that, uh, that's so close for me. Mm-hmm. Like I never thought I'd be able to say something like that. That's not that hard for me to do. It's for mm-hmm. where it's placed me in this point in my life. That's not that hard. So I'm just sold out for his vision. So he said, shut it down. Okay, I'm going to shut it down. We'll have these little small things available to students. We'll still be able to support them with our event that we have coming up after this event that I have next month. I have this Fashionpreneur Experience two-day conference in July 28th and 29th. After that, we're done. There is nothing else mm. that's going to be available for the Fashionpreneur Academy this year because I'm sold out for what God told me I got to do. Yes. He said yes. campus. He said accredited. He Ooh. said funding. And I'm, I'm like, just having oh, chills over here and just so yeah. excited. Like, y'all, this is such a testament. God can literally do what looks like the impossible. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, think about like your initial yes. Just Mm -hmm. you saying yes initially and doing the tours and doing the stuff online and even moving forward, even when you were kind of like, oh, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. know, like, why am I not feeling this as much? Being obedient. Like, I try Mm -hmm. to tell people that when it comes to purpose, it is a journey. I saw somebody in a comment say, how do you know when God is telling you to do something and saying that they're struggling with that? Honestly, most of the time when God is telling you to do something, you'll know it's God because it's something that's too big for you to do on your own. Like, look at how God has aligned Jess already with the people. Like, he did not only plant the vision in you by telling you higher, but he's also speaking to your team about it and putting little like bugs in their ear about Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, he's going to align you with the people for the funding. Like, all of the stuff is going to be so easy and so seamless because literally God is going to do it. And what I want y'all to understand too is that when you trust God, and you get obedient with one thing that shows Mm -hmm. him wait a minute I can give her something else Mm -hmm. I can give him something else like some of y'all don't want to say yes to certain things because it looks like it's humbling it looks like "Mm, you know I don't know if I really want to do that and it's tough especially when you've been an entrepreneur a successful entrepreneur for so long, it's tough when you go through those seasons of God telling you to shut something down because then people who don't understand it and don't understand why you will walk away from something that was paying you very well financially Mm -hmm. feel like, are you, is she, are you losing it? Like what? Like they'll think that you didn't fell off or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, but don't even understand like, God is restoring you. Like God is literally just loading up the clip and getting ready to explode on everything that's getting Mm -hmm. ready to happen. So you have to be obedient. Even when you don't understand like what is on the other side of it, God always knows best. He always Mm -hmm. knows what he's doing. He literally sees the beginning. He sees the end of everything. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of Supernaturally Paid. Do not forget to subscribe. We don't want y'all to miss out on any amazing content that we have to offer. And also don't forget to hit the link in the show notes so that you can get your free God Pays Me Masterclass. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.